the present moment is not a concept, but it's the reality of you. What takes you out of the recognition that you are the present moment is that idea of yourself being diminished by a future event, which is anxiety. The looking back at the past or looking at other people's lives and relative your, to your idea of yourself, if, if that past idea of self you deem to be more positive or your idea of someone else you deem to be more positive or better than your current idea of yourself, that's where depression sets in. So as you let go of clinging to that idea of yourself and recognizing that that's not actually the truth of what you are, there isn't as much space for things like anxiety, future focus, things like depression, past and external focused, then there's nothing left to take you out of the recognition of your awareness of the moment. That's Andrew Manane, and this is episode 274 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. I'm a coach, and this podcast is all about self-development and helping you to live a happier and more fulfilling life. And each week, we hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. And on this week's episode, I am joined by Andrew Manane, who is a wonderful, brilliant thinker. He's the host of the, or co-host rather, of the Dualistic Unity podcast, and he's someone who I discovered back in 2020 on TikTok and have been following him ever since and have really seen his journey unfold and his understanding of life really brighten and get deeper at the same time. And he's someone who's really fascinated me through the content that he shares. He talks very deeply about his experience of being truly present and being part of the whole and one. And he talked very well about the spiritual nature of life. And I really wanted to have this conversation with Andrew to hear more about his journey. So during this conversation, we spoke about how Andrew healed his social anxiety, how social media is opening up the eyes to the younger generations to the truth of reality, and an explanation from Andrew of how the present moment is all we ever have. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love today. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the podcast, my man. How's it going? Alex, going well. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, man. I'm really excited for this. Um, I, I I came across your stuff on TikTok. I think it's probably 2020 now. I, I think is when you always used to have the blue sky. Like back in the day, it was always the blue sky behind you. And I was like, oh, this guy's interesting. Like he, I can tell he's like younger than a lot younger. Well, not long, but younger than me. But he seems very wise. And I've seen over the years how your your what you talk about and what you share has has changed shape not dramatically but i can see the the shift in what you've you've been speaking about but um i guess the best place for us to start would be like what what got you onto this path in the first place of like personal growth development etc etc yeah um so going back to right around high school uh when i was 15 16 dealt with a lot of social anxiety just cared a lot about what people thought of me how other people were perceiving me, what like constantly worrying about the future. And I never, if someone had told me like, oh, like the present moment is all there is, it's all you ever are. I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Like I was, I was entirely living inside of my head in, in these fictions of reality and based on my perception of how I thought things were. And I later on realized that those perceptions were never the truth of what things actually are. And so through college, those sorts of feelings naturally got a little bit better. Um, but it wasn't until towards the end of college, like right after college, I got into 
like the book, The Power of Now and The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck were like the first two that I came across that sort of helped me get into the spiritual realm and just like caring a lot less about what people thought of me. And the first thing that I was able to recognize was that, you know, I was always so concerned with how people were thinking of me, like what people were thinking about me, what their opinions of me were. And it was debilitating. It, it caused me to be very, very quiet in high school because I figured, well, if I just don't really say much at all, then people can't have a negative opinion of me. It doesn't mean they're going to have a positive opinion of me. They're just going to probably be like, oh yeah, nice kid, kind of quiet, whatever. And that's exactly how it went. But inside there was a ton of suffering. So one of the first things I recognized was that people just weren't thinking about me as much as I thought they were like, they have their own entire life, their own entire experience, their own worries and fears and shit that they go through every single day. And, and so that was a very freeing recognition to begin with. Um, towards the end of college, got into meditation, just kind of observing all those those thoughts that I had taken to be the truth of what I was, recognized that I was closer to the awareness of them without fully recognizing it. I think early on in my content, it was very much conceptual. And now it's like the application of it. And I'm embodying what I talk about as opposed to just like understanding it on a conceptual level. So after college, got into all that stuff. It helped me a ton. And then it wasn't until mid 2020, I kind of realized there's a whole story with like getting into content, but I basically recognize like, I don't suffer as much as I used to. I've learned a lot of things. Why don't I just share things that have helped me figure, you know, as humans, we're not so different. If something helped me, it'll probably help someone else start sharing. And that was like another hurdle in terms of fear of judgment that I had to overcome with finally, like actually putting myself myself out there for anyone and everyone to judge and being okay with how I was perceived by the masses potentially, eventually. Um, and so, yeah, and then content has been a whole other journey and, and my recognitions there have shifted, as you mentioned, gotten probably deeper and, and clearer on the reality of, of what I actually am beyond all the conceptual. So, um, yeah, that's more or less a little bit about the story of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Man. And, and so what, what did you notice was different? Like you said that, that there was, there was less suffering, but what, what was it particularly that you were noticing that was different that then, you know, made you go that extra step to, to start sharing, you know, your learnings and what you were experiencing? Yeah. So when it came to finally posting content, uh, there's actually a sort of specific story about that. And it started about a year and a half before I started posting content, it was soon after I started getting into meditation related things. And it was an exercise I would go through. I don't have a very structured morning routine anymore. I used to for about three years, I meditated every day. I did positivity affirmations. I did all that stuff for about an hour every single morning. And one of the exercises I went to or went through was I imagined being old. I imagined going through my life, kind of jumping every five years at the time I was like, I don't know, 23, 24 ish. And I would imagine, you know, being 30 then 35, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred till I got there. And then I would sit in that feeling and imagine being a hundred years old and imagine being old and wrinkly and, and about to die essentially. And then I would think back on my life and think, what do I regret about my life? What do I wish I had done differently? If I could go back to the point that I'm at, now, but in that state, I've, I fully felt like I was a hundred years old. And the thing that came up every single day was my regret 
was that I didn't create content, was that I didn't make videos or, or put myself out there because for whatever reason, I don't know why that was the thing that came up. It just was, it was like something deep down that for so long I had suppressed like being my true authentic self and expressing myself. And I think usually, you know, whatever that saying is like our, our biggest fear is the doorway to our greatest success or, or peace and joy is like on the other side of that fear. And so I think that was a big thing for me was that fear of judgment, that fear of putting myself out there for whatever reason started to bubble up. And it was like, I would regret if I don't do this, not posting and creating content. So I went through that exercise for like a year and a half and I still wasn't posting content, even though I knew I was going to regret it because I was still afraid. I was still afraid of taking that final step of like really putting myself out there and how it was going to be perceived, especially early on. Like it's a lot different starting out versus where I'm at now. Like now people think it's cool because I have followers and whatnot. But at first people were like, what, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? What's happening? Like, are you good, dude? Like I was getting texts from friends and it's like so funny thinking back to that, but it was, it was nice because I had sort of let go of my care of what people thought of me, like right before I started posting content. And then, so it was finally like after a year and a half, I, I basically got to a point, I was like, I know for a fact, I'm going to regret this if I don't do it. Like, I don't have a choice anymore. I have to do this. Like, and then I started and you know, it's been a journey ever since, but that's more or less the story of me getting into content was just that exercise I went through every morning until I finally realized that I don't have a choice anymore and I have to <laughs> I love that. Didn't have a choice anymore. Yeah. Do you know what? That resonates with me so much. I kind of, I kind of feel like I had a similar thing. The story's slightly different, but it was a similar thing. I had like a, a couple of accounts that I'd set up. One was like a Tumblr page. And one was um, an Instagram page where I was like posting anonymously and I was just sharing like cool stuff that I found on the internet and why it inspired me. And then the other page on Instagram was like just cool quotes that I would come across that would inspire me and I'd just share them. And um, a lot of it is because I didn't want to put myself out there. Like There was some fear there. I knew that I wanted to share. And I think the thing that, that I'm hearing in, in, which is similar, I think for, for both of us, you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like when you see the change in your own life through whatever the, the the previous suffering was, whatever the previous situation was, and you see the change in your own life, it's like you want to tell people about it because you want to help them. Like you said, humans aren't too different. We all have some kind of suffering in our own way. And it's like you want to share it so that you can help someone else, even if it's just one person. And at first it was like this whole, oh, I'm going to do it anon uh, anonymously kind of thing. But then it was like I actually... That when I decided I was going to start my podcast, for example, I was like, oh, I need to start putting myself out there a bit more. And then I did this thing where it was like, and this is this this isn't just about making content as well for anyone who's listening. This is just like facing up to something that looks like a fear. And what I did was just put myself right in the face of it. And it was like I did this thing where I created a video, one minute video every day for about thirty days. So I used to walk to the to the train station in the morning to get to work. And while I was walking, I'd just get my phone. And I just got, right, what do I want to talk about today? Okay, I'm going to talk about that. Right, record, 60 seconds, bang, let's see if I can I can get it. And I just used to do that. And then it just became like a thing. It was just like, I didn't think about it anymore. There was no like, oh, what if people think this? What if people think that? Am I good enough? Do I talk well enough? Do I articulate myself? It, all of that just kind of fell away because the proof was in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I resonate with that. And 
uh, I'm trying to think, oh, with the, with the pseudo name that you started out like posting anonymously, I did the same exact thing when I first created a TikTok account. So in, in college people, everyone called me Andy. So when I would go out and like my sort of like drunk alter ego name was Randy. And I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Shawshank Redemption, but yeah. the main character's name is Andy Dufresne. So people would call because Murnane sounds like Dufresne. So it was just like, there's a lot to that story, but basically my original TikTok name was Randy Dufresne. Yes. I, do you remember? I remember. Yeah. I remember? Remember. Now that you said it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Cause I remember seeing the name change and then I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, because that, that was early on that I shifted that. I, I changed that, like, I don't know, within the first month, maybe, probably before I even had, like, 10,000 followers on, on TikTok that I that I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I trying to hide this stuff? Like, it's, it's starting to pick up some steam. And so I changed it back. But no, I resonate with that a lot. And I think, yeah, early on, it's just about starting. Like, so many people get so caught up in comparing themselves and you know that sort of cliche like don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 and but it's so true because looking back on all of my content like i look back at some of those original videos that i posted within even within the first six months to a year of posting like my energy is significantly different in those videos it's much more rigid it's much more like just not very free it's it's like confined into like trying to be something for everyone and now it's very much just like being myself i guess i don't know it, it's there's much a much different energy to my stuff now so it's hard for me even to go back and look at some of those original videos because i'm like who the fuck is this guy like this is so different than how i am now but at the same time that was a requirement that was entirely necessary to get me to where I'm at. Now, I, I couldn't have made the videos that I do now without making those videos and going through that. So it's so important for people when they're starting, especially with any new venture to sort of like give themselves some slack and be like, I'm probably going to suck at this for a little while. And that's okay. But I have to suck in order to get better and improve and, and learn from it and go through it. Like I've never purposefully tried to improve the way that I talk in my videos or the sort of energy that I bring to my videos. I've never purposefully done it. But if you look back at all my videos, like if you checked a video like every month since I started, you would see a drastic shift in the way that I did it. But it's just from doing it so many times and like getting more and more comfortable and shedding, you know, the idea that I'm trying to be something for anyone and just being myself expressing myself authentically and at at everyone's core they have that and i think a lot of times it's just process of getting there it's it's practice it's repetition absolutely but it's all in there from the beginning you just have to work through all of the learned judgments and perceptions about yourself and like what you think you are and and letting go of all of those to get to the core of of the truth of what you are which is what lies beyond all of those beliefs about what you think you are. So going through with content, it's like that first ep that first podcast episode or that first video you create will probably not be as good as the 10th, which probably won't be as good as the 100th. But in order to make the 100th, you have to make the 10th. In order to make the 10th, you have to make the first. So uh, it's just important to remember that and kind of cut yourself some slack early on, I think, which can be very helpful.
Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, it go, that goes for any walk of life, you know, you go, going into a new job or, you know, taking up a new hobby or learning a language or anything like you can't expect to be good at it to begin with. Like we're all novices at everything that we start new, that that's how that's just how it is. And in order to, um, I guess, progress, you need to stay with it. And I'm really seeing this in a lot of different areas in my life. Like you, you, you can look at and exercise you know the first time you go to the gym or you go and join a fitness class like it's going to be hard <laughs> it's not going to be easy it's going to be hard it's going to you're going to feel like oh, i don't know what i'm doing am i doing it right but the more you do it the more you stay with it the more you just naturally progress it's not like a trying thing like you said there's no like trying to progress it just happens by nature um and i, I love what you said just a second ago about you know stepping back from all of those beliefs and all of those stories to what you really are so in your opinion what is it that any of us really are um so i think it's hard to say what you are it's easier to say what you're not which is you're never what you think you are all of those concepts all of those beliefs all of those strengths weaknesses stories you tell yourself out every single day identity based things that you cling to to try and create this false sense of certainty about what you are is never what you actually are. And you are what's left when you peel back all of those things that you think you are. Anytime a thought comes up, it's like, oh, I'm bad at this because, you know, I've done this in the past and it didn't go well. It's like, that's not true. That's not the truth of what you are. You being bad at that has nothing to do with the reality of what you actually are right now. You're not. But as long as you cling to that, you'll bring that into every single moment and that will limit you. Like labels and limitations go hand in hand that was i gotta give out a shout out to uh his tiktok handles the bald stage on uh on tiktok and instagram i think but we just had him on my podcast recently and he he said that and it stuck with me like labels equals equal limitations and so anytime we try to define ourselves we're limiting ourselves because we are infinite potential in every single moment we are the eternal awareness of the universe the eternal intelligence of reality at its at our core but all of the labels that we place on top of that all of the layers that we build up to create this false sense of certainty in an entirely uncertain world is what limits us from recognizing the truth of what we are being that infinite potential being what lies beyond everything that we try to label ourselves as and we are just here now some semblance of awareness here now that has infinite potential so whenever something comes up about what you think you are just question it because you can know that it's not the truth of what you are and beyond that lies all the potential of of anything and everything you could ever possibly be hmm, i love that it's, it's kind of it feels like it feels like a really creative space you know it's like when you when you can recognize that the labels and the stories that we live by aren't what we really are like you said the the labels equals limitation i love that um it's like if we if we can step away from the limitation then we're open to i guess create ourselves however we want in any moment we're able to create our life however we want in any moment and that's for me has been one of the most like freeing experiences of life is like realizing that oh actually I'm, i wrote a post about this earlier it was actually let me read it to you real quick so i wrote the i or me isn't fixed it's fluid 
Our ideas about ourselves are always changing, but we can get stuck in a story about ourselves and who we think we are. The funny thing is, this story is entirely made up, it's thought created. So when I say I or me, who are you really referring to? What does that I represent to you? For a long time, the I represented a collection of stories about myself. Seeing that this story wasn't fixed and was simply made up, my thought created personality died. I saw that who I am is way more malleable than I ever realized. I can choose who I'm being in any moment. Amen. Hell, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, dude. That's like exactly what I'm talking about. It's like yeah. that that idea of ourselves that we bring into every single moment is exactly what limits us. And But when you recognize that, oh, you're creating that story, like you are the one, even for something like suffering and people don't really like this take on suffering, but who's telling you that you're suffering besides you? And it's not to say that pain isn't a thing that we experience, but pain and suffering are not the same thing. Suffering is something that you create within yourself when you bring in all of your beliefs about the way you think things should be, or the way you hope things will be, or you the way you fear things might be. Like it's there's the way things are, and then there's the way you think things should be, fear things might be, hope things will be. And all of those, that gap between the way things are and all of those things I just mentioned is suffering. And it's like a resistance to the reality that is here and now. And it comes back to the idea of, of control versus influence, like hoping things will be a certain way, fearing things might be a certain way. Like those are all rooted in this false sense of control that you have the potential to control how something is going to turn out, which is never actually available to you. Control is a complete illusion, but what you do have and what you missed out on when you get too caught up in trying to hold on to this false sense of control is you do have influence here and now, but as you cling to that idea of control, which our entire society tends to do fairly often, which leads to feelings of anxiety when you feel like you're starting to lose that control, which you never actually had, we miss out on the influence that we have here and now, the ability to look around and be like, okay, what can I do with this situation? Instead, we get so caught up in like, oh, I hope this turns out this way, or I fear this turns out this way. It's like, what do you have influence over here and now? Because as long as you're clinging to that control, you're missing out on the, the potential impact that you can have here and now. And so I think the ideas of ourself just kind of ties in to that because it's it's all caught up in our mind like the ideas that we cling to that we bring in from the past essentially like all those ideas come from the past from things we've experienced we bring them into the moment and that inherently limits us from seeing the potential of what we're capable of right now so as you let go of all of those ideas of what you think you are what's left is is being anything and everything and and relaxing into the recognition that everything beyond this moment is completely uncertain sucks you back from being future focused into the present moment as well and recognizing that you have that influence in the moment but as long as you're clinging to ideas and and hopes and fears you won't see the potential influence you have in every single moment hmm yeah I love that. I love that. So, so how how would you then just maybe not describe? Let me let me ask that in a different way. To you, what does it mean to be fully present? I think just. I think first of all, it's recognizing that the present, because sometimes we get 
caught up in the the idea that oh the present moment is a thing that i can be in the present moment or out of the present moment or when i'm caught up in fear and and worry and anxiety and depression like i'm not in the present moment but the reality is that the present moment is the core of what you are you've never been anywhere else even when you're fearing what might happen in the future you're doing it now when you're thinking back and regretting something about the past you're doing it now but the idea of ourself is all rooted in the past so when we recognize that the awareness of this moment is the only thing we ever are awareness of the story awareness of the fear awareness of the feelings that we're feeling in the moment we recognize that that awareness is only ever here and now and that's the truth closer to the truth of, of what we are is just some semblance of awareness in the moment so as we can sort of recognize that it, it separates out that idea of ourself to the reality of what we are so it's letting go it's, it's questioning all the things that you believe to be the truth recognizing that you know your awareness here now is the truth of what you are and and the present moment is not a concept but it's the reality of of you at the end of the day so when it comes to being present i think some some short-term things that can help are things like focusing on your senses like what can you see what can you smell what can you hear what can you feel because those are always happening now focusing on your breath your breath is always happening now but you know something that's longer term and maybe more impactful is letting go of that idea of yourself because what takes you out of the recognition that you are the present moment is the idea is the fear of what of you know that idea of yourself being diminished by a future event which is anxiety the the looking back at the past or looking at other people's lives and and relative your to your idea of yourself if if that past idea of self you deem to be more positive or your idea of someone else you deem to be you know more positive or better than your current idea of yourself that's where depression sets in so as you let go of clinging to that idea of yourself and recognizing that that's not actually the truth of what you are. There isn't as much space for things like anxiety, future focused, things like depression, past and external focused. And so then there's nothing left to take you out of the recognition of your awareness of the moment, because that idea that you cling to is always what sort of causes those intrusive thoughts that seemingly like has the feeling of taking you out of the present moment because beyond that it's just the awareness of the moment that you're experiencing what you're doing in the moment when you let go of all of those ideas hmm. yeah i love that the, the idea of letting go i think is a really powerful one because it, it, i i heard it said once um i can't remember where i heard it now but I, i'm pretty sure i heard it on a podcast one time but the guy described like what it means to be present is like when your mind and your body are focused on the same thing at the same time. So like when you're present in, in the present moment in inverted commas is like when you're just focused on what's happening in front of you, like we're having this conversation, we're focused on it. We're present in this moment. My mind's not wondering about, Oh, am I coming across? Okay. What about, you know, what am I having for dinner later? You know, what's happening tomorrow? What's my to-do list like tomorrow? It's, it's here and now. And it's like really aligning to that is like a letting go of those stories. And also, the I guess, the awareness that we're still going to experience some of those thoughts. We're still going to experience anxious thoughts. We're still going to experience, quote unquote, sad thoughts. We're still going to experience happy thoughts, right? But they still aren't us. 
We're, we're the ones who hear them. We hear them, we experience them, but the one who experiences them and the one who uh, hears them are different. The one who experiences them is still the self, is still the created version of ourselves because I've heard this thought and now it means this about, uh, I've experienced this thought and now it means this about me. But the one who hears it is is the awareness that you were, you were talking to. Um, and I think that's like a, a really beautiful way to, to try to understand it, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think with those, you know, when the thoughts arise, when the, when the fear, when the anxiety arises, not resisting that is very important. Like recognizing that we label all of those things as we have like this box of, of positive emotions, like happiness, joy, like excitement enthusiasm all this stuff and and that's awesome and i think it's it's amazing if if most of the time you're experiencing those and then we have this box of you know negative emotions like fear worry anxiety depressed feelings whatever and so because we have those labels when those feelings arise when those feelings that feeling of nervousness arises for example because as a society we've labeled that as a bad thing because personally, for most people, we've labeled that as a bad thing. We immediately resist it. And that resistance keeps it around. Like the quote, what you resist persists is one of my favorite quotes. And so what can help with that is letting go of the label that anything you feel is bad, that any thought you hear is bad. Because as soon as you label something as bad, you'll immediately resist it and try and get rid of it when it arises because you don't want to feel those bad things. But if you let go of the label that it's bad, all of a sudden, it's just something that you're feeling. And when it's just something that you're feeling, you allow it to be. There's nothing there to resist because it is no longer projected as something that is bad that you need to get rid of. And as you allow it to be, as you sort of just accept it and are attentive to it, like you were just saying in the present moment is, is when, when your mind and body are connected, when the feelings inside of you, when you're attentive to them, but not resistant to them, they pass through you significantly more quickly than when you're resisting them. So as those feelings arise, letting go of the label that it's something that is, that is even bad to begin with and just seeing it for what it is, maybe it's not the most comfortable thing, but it doesn't mean it's bad because we label it as bad because we have these thoughts about the feeling. But as you let go of the labels about the feelings, just feel them for what they are, they're, they're not really that bad of a thing. And through that, it almost like transmutes them and allows them to pass through you significantly more quickly. But again, you have to let go of the labels that it's even something that that's bad, whether it's a thought or a feeling. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so true. It's, it's like an almost like an energy that passes through us, right? It's like the energy passes through us and it's like we, we can deem it no matter what the energy is to be negative or positive or good or bad or whatever. And it's neither it's just it's just neutral and the thing is like I think this is a really important thing as well is really and truly I think one of the limitations we have as human beings is that we're never just going to experience the feeling or the emotion as neutral you know we're, we're gonna always add some kind of subjective story to it oh this is good this is bad this is positive this is negative even if we're not trying to it, it will naturally happen but I guess resting in the awareness that that's not the reality of the experience. You know, we've we've created that experience by the label we've put on it. You know, just rest resting in that is is enough. You know. Yeah. No. One of my one of my favorite three words that are very applicable to this are I don't know, 
because we get so caught up in the immediate judgments of things and thinking like, oh, I'm going through the situation, like say, for example, giving, doing an interview and it's just, you're super nervous about it because you think the best case scenario is getting a job. But what if you don't know the reality is you don't know if getting that job is actually the best case scenario that could be, you know, you could bomb this interview, not get the job next job you apply for is a much better situation for the rest of your life. So bombing that interview was actually the best case scenario that, and yet there you were beforehand being so worried about getting the job when in the real, in reality, you were worried about the worst case scenario. Like you were worried about the best case scenario happening, being not getting the job. So when you recognize that you don't know, you don't actually know what anything's going to lead to in any moment, those judgments, they're harder to have almost when you recognize that you don't actually know what the best case outcome is for a situation when you can really see that. And it takes, I, I given it takes some practice because it, it can be tough at first for people to, to see that and be like, what do you mean? Like, I know this is, you know, wrong. And sometimes you have to go through some things and maybe go through some tougher situations and see the, the benefits of it come to fruition later down the road to be like, oh, I thought that was a really terrible situation. I labeled it as bad the entire time. It led to this, this, and this, which wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone through that. Like in my life, for example, going through social anxiety that I talked about before when I was younger, 15, 16, when I was going through that, it sucked. Like it was not fun at all. But to say it's bad, you, it's up for debate, absolutely, because I don't think I would be on this podcast right now if I hadn't gone through that 12 years ago. So can you really say that it's bad or was it just entirely necessary to get me to where I am right now? And all of a sudden the good and the bad, it's kind of like, it, it's not worth wasting energy labeling everything as good or bad. So when you're going through something moving forward, you can be like, honestly, I don't know. So there's not really anything left to worry about because you don't know what actually the best case scenario is. But as long as you think you do know, there's always going to be space for fear and worry and anxiety. But the reality is you never do because everything beyond this moment right now is completely uncertain. So as you relax into that uncertainty and, and become comfortable in that state of uncertainty, there, there's very little that can be left to, to shake you. Mm. And yeah, like, let 2020 be a, a lesson in the uncertainty of life, right? Like, you know, me for one, I had plans to to travel for most of 2020. I didn't know what was coming around the corner. That, I mean, what happened and how it happened and everything is, is up for debate. But like, the, you know, the whole lockdown, not being able to travel, restrictions, etc. Like, I didn't know. The end, even at the start of 2020, I did travel. I traveled for two months on South America. And even come February end of February, early March, I was still in my mind like, yeah, I'm going to be traveling like again in a month or two months time. I still didn't know, you know, and it's like that, if anything, is proof in the pudding that you, you literally never know what's around the corner. You can have the plans. You can you can say you want to do this, you want to do that, or you, you could be going there or meeting this thing or doing that. But you don't know. It could change in an instant, literally. And, and, and I think for me, that was one of the real big lessons from that is like, yeah like we don't know <laughs> we really don't like a meteor could hit the earth tomorrow i don't want to make this morbid but like a, a meteor could hit the earth tomorrow you don't know you know yeah yeah and you could die tomorrow as and again not to make this super morbid but like that's 
that's the reality. And it's not to say like, oh, quit everything and just like spend all your money and, and do all that stuff. But there's a state of being that can come with that recognition that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't, there's no guarantees for tomorrow even. So it doesn't mean go and, and blow everything and just, you know, go crazy with your life, but just be attentive to the moment. Like that's it. That's the root of, or, or the peak of our existence is the moment we're experiencing because that is all we ever are. And I actually want to bring this up when you were talking before um, about awareness of the moment and being present. And I had, I do Instagram Q and A sometimes and someone asked me, how do I grow my awareness? Like I want to become more aware. And I said, stop trying to grow it because your attention to this moment is as aware as you can ever possibly be. Your attention to this moment that you're experiencing right now is the most aware the, you can ever possibly be. So as long as you think there's more awareness to get to, you won't be attentive to this moment. You'll be looking into the future, trying to gain that awareness. And it's like, you have all of it right now. You have everything you could ever possibly need right now. But those ideas, those stories, those beliefs, those desires to gain more and get more is what keeps us from recognizing that everything is available right now. The peak of our entire existence, all of our reality, the meaning of life is this moment. But as long as you're lost looking for it, you'll miss it every time. And so many people look for it their entire life only to recognize sometimes later in life, sometimes never at all, that it's been in front of them the entire time. And attention to the moment that they're experiencing is all they ever had to do to let go of the fear and the worry and experience the peace that they've been striving for their entire life. Yeah, you know, it, it, I love that. It reminds me of, um, I heard someone say once that more, different and better don't exist because more than what? different than what better than what like if if you know we're, we're talking about what you're saying if we really slow down to the present moment there is no more there is no different there is no better we have the infinite potential to access whatever you want right now you know when you stop trying to like you can't have more awareness you can't have a a, a different experience because different doesn't it doesn't exist. It only exists because you're putting a label on it. You can't have a better situation in your life, for example, because this is all you have. It's all you ever have. So when you when you buy into the more different and better, you're, you're buying into an idea that something outside of the present moment exists or something outside of what you can access in the present moment exists, which it doesn't. Because like you said, this, this is all we have. Life is just a constant unfolding of now after now after now after now after now and that's it and the, the more we wake up to that the more we realize there's actually not that much that we have to do there isn't actually anything we have to do to you know be more present or be more aware or be more conscious or be more loving or be happier it's like you, you don't there's nothing to do to do that you just be it you know yeah yeah you you let go of trying to be anything else and that's what it comes down to is recognizing that you are the eternal now now is all that's ever been it's all you've ever been it's all you've ever experienced it's all you ever are and with those more different better like you're spot on like those are all subjective those are all relative those are all things like for example even the idea of strengths and weaknesses like i, I was having a conversation on 
another podcast a couple of months ago. Um, and they were, they're kind of like arguing with me about a lot of this stuff. It got uh, kind of tiring, honestly, but they were saying how like, oh, strengths and weaknesses are objective. Like I can't jump three feet in the air. Therefore I like jumping is not a strength for me. I was like, okay, on earth, but hypothetically, let's say you go to another planet and there's another species and everyone can only jump one inch off the ground. All of a sudden you go, you can jump a foot off the ground. All of a sudden that's strength. And, you know, they argued that because they're like, well, we're not on another planet. I was like, fucking A, dude. Like it's, it's the point is that it's subjective and it's only relative to how you perceive yourself relative to everyone else. And when it comes to comparison, like you don't actually know what anyone else's life is like. And for social media, for example, like they're highlight reels. You don't know what their life is actually like. So you're comparing your entire life that you know to someone else's 0.01% of their life if they're using Instagram as a highlight reel, for example. So, and you're seeing what they want you to see. You're not seeing everything, but then you're seeing everything in your life. So even to have like the more different, better, like, oh, they have a better life than me. And you don't see every aspect of it. You don't see the internal suffering that they ex potentially experience. Maybe they don't suffer at all, but you don't know that. So focus on on you and where you're at and recognize that your experience can't be any different than it is right now, but it doesn't mean you can't work towards change to make it into something different. But as long as you're caught up in wishing it was different or hoping that it'll be different, you're not going to recognize the influence that you have over your reality right now because you're so caught up in the future in in hope, in the external, in foisting responsibility onto everyone else but yourself. So recognizing that you do have a lot of influence here and now, but only ever here and now. And, and you recognize the, the responsibility that you do have for your response, which is what response comes from responsibility, your response to the situation, your response to the situation that you're in is you have influence over. So letting go of the belief that, oh, I wish I had someone else's life. It's like, you don't know what their life is actually even like. So it's pointless to waste the energy trying to imagine being in their life because you're exactly where you're supposed to be, whether you think you are or you aren't. And you have the potential to be anything when you let go of all the beliefs about what you think you are and, and question everything you think you are because it's never the truth of what you actually are. Hmm. Yeah, the the exactly where you need to be is a is a powerful one. I actually, I wrote a short story um, last week. I think it was, it's like a fictional short story, like of that as a learning. Um, I'll send it to you after this, but I, I've just said it on here. So for anyone who's listening as well, if you're interested in in reading my short story, then you know, contact me and and I'll send it to you. Um, but it's it's a really interesting one because it it's true. Like the, the, if now's all we have then the only place we ever need to be is here. That there isn't somewhere else that we have to be. There isn't somewhere else that we should be, that we could be. We're just here. And it's like slowing down to that's really important. And and something I'm really noticing as a bit of, um, I don't know if you want to call it a trend, but it just seems quite, quite obvious to me is a lot of the people who are having these types of conversations that we're having seem to be of a certain age, uh, of a certain younger age bracket shall we say and um, a lot of the kind of older 
uh, generations are very focused on like the how to, how to be happy, how to fix this, how to heal that, how to, um, you know, be at peace or whatever. Um, and I'm interested to get your take on, on why do you think that like, let's say people who are like, generally speaking, it's people who are like 35 and under, that's very general, but like seem to be more looking in this direction of like, there isn't really a how to, it's just like waking up to the fact that now is all we have. Yeah, no, I think, I think that could be an awesome conversation to get into. And I don't off the top of my head, like necessarily know the generational reasons potentially, but I think there were probably some things that instilled this desire for control. And I think our society clings to that sense of control and that desire for certainty in an uncertain world. Like it's uncertainty is our biggest collective fear out there. And so older generations, they become more solidified. And I don't know if it has to do with just like the way that sort of upbringing happened, like post-war sort of situations and desire for control with things like that. But when people get very caught up in like, oh, all you have to do to be happy is this, this, and this. All you have to do to get exactly what you want is follow me and do this, this, and this, and then you'll be happy and blah, 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 blah. And so it's it's clinging to this idea of control, which doesn't actually exist. And, and we have this belief that we know at all times what is best for us. And I think that maybe is what our generation is is more clearly recognizing is that, you know, maybe I don't know what's best for me. And, and we're starting to ask more and more questions, like even when it comes to religion, like people joining the church is at an all-time low because people are just questioning more. Like so many things that people just took to be the truth because other things couldn't really argue with it or whatever. Like people just pushed on religion. They were like, oh, that's just, you know, how it is. If I do this, then I'll go here and all is well and dandy. And I think people are just starting to question that and recognize that like, I don't know, for me, at least like freedom lies beyond clinging to false senses of certainty is, is relaxing into the recognition that everything is entirely uncertain. And that is where the flow is found. And I would say that before I was saying like sort of peak of our experience is the moment that we're experiencing. And that is where flow happens. Like, like, I think we've recognized more clearly that that idea of flow of, of being one with the flow of reality or being in flow state as people have, have called it, which is essentially just experiencing an activity without so much sense of self involved. Like people will say when a singer, for example, like I think there's the story of Beyonce or Kanye or something, they're working on an album and they're just like in flow state. They forget to go to the bathroom. They forget to sleep. They forget to eat because there isn't that sense of self that's involved. They're just one with the action that they're doing. So I think our generation is is starting to more clearly see that that's sort of the peak of things, which is getting yourself out of the the way, which is not, you know, the old school mentality of like building up that sense of identity and then like having a really positive idea of yourself or a, a very sturdy and structured idea of yourself, knowing who you are and all that stuff. It's like, maybe you can't know who you are. Maybe, maybe it's impossible to know who you are as the knower. It's, you can't, 
be also that which is known, you know? So I, I would argue that it is impossible. And as you let go of that idea of yourself, there is a ton of freedom and you can more easily experience that flow state that's always available to us in every single moment when we question the idea of ourself, that, that belief about what we think we are. And so I don't necessarily, going back to the original question, I don't necessarily <clears throat> know why that is, but um, I guess, you know, to throw it back to you, I don't know, do you have any thoughts? Have you, have you thought about that at all? Why there may have been a shift between generations? Uh, I think, I think a lot of what you said, I agree with, um, I think maybe the thing that I'm, cause you know, I'd probably put my, well, I wouldn't probably, I would put myself at the older, older end of that bracket, shall we say. Um, so I, I'm, I'm able to, to see like, you know, 15 year old kids who are like, you know, nearly 20 years younger than me, like getting into these types of conversations, which is something that when I was their age just wasn't a thing. And I think what I've observed is that people have, especially with, so, and this, I'm not blaming social media for this. I don't want, I don't want people to get that wrong, but it, social media has opened everyone's eyes a bit more to how everyone else seems to be living. And as people have tried to keep up with that themselves, they've realized that they're just not happy doing it because it's like there's, they're chasing something. They're chasing a feeling. They're chasing something in the external. And that was definitely true for my life. Like, you know, it took me until I was about 25 to realize like I had all of this great stuff going on in my life. Great job, great girlfriend, had my own car, was about to like buy my own property, like all of this stuff, but I was miserable. <laughs> and it was like, well, hold on a second. Like you guys have been telling me for years, like these are the things that are gonna make me happy. And I wasn't. So then I started looking in a different direction. And it's, and it's led me to here like nine years later or wherever it's been. And it's like, that that's, that's what I'm really observing is that like the younger generation are more, have become more awake to that. They've become more awake to actually, if I get the car or I get the partner or I get, you know, whatever, the, the clothes or I get the iPhone or I get the new thing, the new PlayStation, it doesn't actually make me happy, you know? So it's like, okay, well, if that's not what's going to make me happy, like where, what, what is happiness? You know, where does it come from? And that's when you know speaking from experience i started to look in a different direction so i feel that that's kind of playing its role as well is that the younger generations you know like i said sort of again it's a massive generalization but like 35 and under shall we say uh really looking in the direction of like well happiness is now you know waking up to that like let the letting go that we've been talking about is when you let go of the, the ideas, the stories, the beliefs, the way it should be, how it's supposed to be, what I should have, these things that I think are going to make me happy, etc., etc., etc. You let go of all of that, what comes through? Happiness, peace, love, gratitude, you know, all of the stuff that you're looking for by chasing the other stuff. It's like you said it yourself, like it's been there all along. You've just been looking in the wrong direction for it. It's like, you know, when you've got your phone in your hand and you're like, oh, where, where did I put my phone? Like, oh shit, like, I can't find it. You're like looking around the room and you're like, oh shit, like it's in my hand the whole time. Or like, I do it with my glasses on my head and stuff. It's that, it's like, we're looking around for this thing that's that's in our hand already. Or in my case, with my glasses on my head. Um, and it's, it, I think the, the, the younger generations are, are really starting to wake up to that because they've been exposed to well, conversations like this, hopefully, but like they've been exposed to 
the reality of chasing something outside of you doesn't make you happy a lot sooner than perhaps you know what I did for sure I don't know about you but like um and and that's the kind of that's what I get from it like that's really the that's my observation anyway at least I don't know if that resonates with with you or with anyone who's listening but that's kind of how I see it yeah yeah no I I totally see that and I think the internet too has played a role in that to a degree just the information age of information that we have like there's just so much more access to all those things and you know some may argue <clears throat> it's a double-edged sword and that as we have more access to information we have more access to information more access to seeing other people whereas you know 50 years ago you didn't really know much many other people outside of your close-knit circle and so i think you know not to get too insanely deep but when we're, we're talking about you know looking around for salvation looking around for meaning looking around for happiness it's like and and missing that it's right in front of us it's like people are are out there and and it's sort of tied into the belief and and looking around for god and looking around for oh where is you know this savior and and then you have you know the other camp of, of people who are atheists who are like oh god doesn't exist but i think what people miss and this is sort of what my podcast is all based around is what if you're god what if everyone's out here looking for god somewhere else or denying that god is anywhere else but everyone everyone's caught up in those two and then it's like well what if there's a third camp what if you're what if you're it and what if your purpose is what you're doing right now what if you are your purpose what if what if that's the extent of it so whatever you want to do with that recognition like go do absolutely but there isn't a right way to do it there isn't a wrong way to do it everything is permitted there's nothing to avoid there's nothing to fear because you're it your eternity you're you've always been and always will be not this character not this ego identity but the truth of what you are as the eternal awareness of existence so like there's nothing outside of that that you have to be because you're already it you're already everything you could ever possibly be and as long as you cling to the belief that you can become more or that you can be diminished and the belief that you're not whole and complete exactly as you are right now which you always are and nothing you could ever possibly do to make could make yourself more or less complete than you are in this very moment when you recognize that more clearly it's like all right what should we do you can do anything you're able to do and be anything because you're already everything you could ever possibly be and so that's sort of the root recognition of everything that that cuts through all of the fear and suffering that that we go through but you know it's it's a similar sort of deal where everyone's looking outside of themselves to to the future to all of the materialistic things to get people to perceive them in a certain way because they get their validation and, and feel that their worth is is dependent upon other people's perceptions, which is the only reason anyone really wants tons of money and, you know, nice cars and a big house and all that is just for external validation from other people. And that's how they think they're going to drive it. So as they recognize that there is no way to get more, be more complete or less complete, then it's like you don't have to do all that stuff anymore and you can just start living for you. Mm, yeah i love that i love the idea of you you are god <laughs> and i think that's it it's like for me what what i hear in that is that we have the 
well, I, let me let me scale it back a little bit and step back a bit from what I was going to say. What I hear in that is like, we are God is pointing us to the fact that we are made up of the same stuff that everything else around us is made up of. The molecules, the atoms, the, you know, whatever, protons and quarks and all of this stuff that physicists talk about. And it's like the 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 life force that runs through all of that and is concurrent in all of that is also in us. So we are it in a way. We are we are the one. You know, um, we're part of the whole, and therefore we're part of the whole. We're not separate from it. Therefore we are it. Therefore we are you know God. However anyone wants to define God, but that that's what I get from it. And then with that, like you said, you then have the the power to i guess create your experience however you want we have a creative freedom in a way on how we experience anything which is when the 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 thought kicks in and the mind kicks in it then gets creative with all the stuff we've been talking about putting labels on things you know the subjective nature of everything that's just the mind being creative and that and that's it you know but when we step back from that and go beyond that and see the the essence of what we are it's it's you know it, god you know and and you know i'm probably gonna get some shit for saying that like but it's when i say god i don't mean like the the guy in the clouds with the long beard or whoever i mean like the just the essence of life we we are it we're, we're no different from a tree other than the way that we look we're, we're made up of the same stuff yeah absolutely yeah different but not divided and i think because yeah, you know different doesn't exist <laughs> division doesn't exist only the perception of it and all division is conceptual and the division between me and you even being across a massive ocean is no different than the division i perceive between my wrist and my hand you know we it's conceptual but it's entirely connected and like you just said we're made out of the same stuff so you know could it be that we don't even exist as something separate from anything and, and we get caught up and thinking oh well it's my mind and and my brain and my hand and my head and my hair but where's me and I would, I would argue that it's nowhere, or I like to say nowhere or now here, another way of, of saying it. So yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I need to write that down. yeah, I forget where I heard that first, but yeah, I am here now. I am now here. I am nowhere. And so it, it makes you wonder if, if this is all just a, a grand illusion, a cosmic dream, a nice, uh, hallucination that i am even a human is is up for debate i would argue <laughs> yeah well if that's not mind-blowing enough for, for anyone who's listening i'm going to drop this little thing um that i heard the other day something you just said reminded me of it is that you know in school we're taught that like the sun is the center of our solar system and we're rotating around the sun and it's like a static like the sun's there and we rotate around it what i heard the other day is the sun is actually like flying through the universe and we're rotating around it while it's flying through the universe because obviously after the big bang which is the big theory is obviously the sun is like a piece of that that's flown away and we're rotating around this giant flaming rock that's flying through the stratosphere that just came to my mind and it absolutely blew my mind when someone told me that i was like oh my god this changes everything we're on a flying rock which is flying around another rock which is flying through 
nothing oh my god <laughs> yeah I, I saw a video of that a few months ago actually and i didn't know that before then i was like holy shit i thought the sun was just like sitting there and we were just spinning around it and it's like actually going I don't, probably hundreds of thousands of miles per hour through space and just just the idea of eternity too like inter eternity in the sense of our perception of time and eternity in our perception of space it's like when when you recognize that there was no beginning to existence existence has always been because you know even if something was before existence like say non-existence non-existence would exist and therefore non-existence would therefore it would be existence if non-existence existed and so there was no beginning and therefore no end so we have this idea of you know even if it's like a trillion years ago that something started all of this but when you recognize that there was nothing there was no beginning to this Eter existence is eternal then you recognize that it isn't that we've been around for so long we've always been around and it's very hard for our minds to to comprehend that but when you're able to see that there was no beginning to existence because existence has just always been then there is no end to existence either and this moment right now is eternity because this is just as much the beginning as any other moment that's ever been and this is just as much the end as any moment that ever will be so it almost brings about this this deep recognition and and attention to the moment when you recognize just the gravity of that and how cool it is like this is the beginning and the end in this moment right now it, it's not that we've been around for trillions of years we've always been around so this moment is just as much the beginning as a million years ago a billion years ago a trillion years ago it's just that we we perceive it so many of us we have this concept of like oh there must have been a beginning but it, it there was no beginning to existence existence has always existed it's always been what is and so you as existence as god as the universe as reality experiencing itself which is what is left beyond all of the labels that you cling to to build a sense of identity which are all illusions beyond all of that you are eternity you are eternal existence here and now and it's like if that doesn't help you feel a little bit more empowered i don't know what will <laughs> yeah or, or blow your mind yeah. completely uh, <laughs> but yeah man i mean we we could take this conversation to to so many levels deeper um but maybe we'll save it for another time um but dude i really appreciate uh the time today and for you you know sharing some of this wisdom and some of your experience with us it's, it's been really really fun it's been really interesting to 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 have this conversation and um yeah do, do you want to let people know where they can find out more about you your content your podcast anything that you want to you want to shout about yeah absolutely no thank you very much for having me on alex i had a great time chatting i feel like we would we would get along super well if i'm ever around london or if you're ever i'll be traveling pretty much all next year i'm moving out of new york in like a month and a half to go to costa rica and then vancouver island and then bounce around a little bit but i'll probably be in europe at some point so i'll definitely let you know but um yeah so my podcast is called dualistic unity it's on my sweatshirt here for anyone watching on video um and that's yeah we pretty much get very very deep especially that last sort of stuff i was talking about that's what we talk about like all the time is is all the depths of of the recognition of what we truly are beyond all of the labels and concepts that we cling to for those false sense of certainty um and then for my personal content uh it's instagram and TikTok is both at not Andrew Murnane. 
Um, and yeah, Twitter is just Andrew underscore Murnane, I think, but I don't, I'm not on that as much, but, uh, yeah, podcast is definitely the main focus. We have like Patreon affiliate program for that. Um, so that's all at dualistunity.com. But yeah, if you go to my bio and on any of my accounts, you can get to all that good stuff there. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the time today, man. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're in Europe, London, UK, anytime soon, man, we'll, we'll hang out for sure. Maybe we'll do this in person. That'll be cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely be down, man. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I would love to know, like, what's the biggest takeaway? What's the biggest learning that you're going to take away from this episode? To let me know, hit me up on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi. Please DM me, share it with me. I love to create these episodes so that we can create conversations together around the things that you're learning. And I'd love to help you take those learnings deeper in the DMs if you're willing to send me a message and let me know what is the learning that you're going to take from this episode. And if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, be sure to send it to them. Send the link or a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread positive vibes and messages of episodes like this. I started this podcast because I wanted to help inspire a positive change in people. And you can also be a part of that by sharing this with someone you know today. I want to thank Michaela Atsu for editing and producing this episode. And I want to thank Hobgoblin for providing the sick music that you hear. And as always, I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. And I'll see you for the next episode.